a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification, is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sin, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Hey, you're listening to Table Talk Radio with Evan Gigline and Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. How are you today, Pastor? Oh, I'm fine, Evan. Yourself? I, oh. I sound like I'm about to fall asleep in that first little quote there that's on the... Yeah, well, you you were broadcasting on Table Talk Radio, so that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> hey, I have something uh, very special in my hot little hand here uh, yeah? that I'm excited to talk about. This is the October edition of The Reporter the official newspaper for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Have you seen this? Uh, the top uh, is an article um, by Adrian Dorr. Harrison installs the 13th LCMS president. As you flip yep. it over to the bottom God page, be praised for that. Yep. Uh, you, you have the, the next headline, Two Synod Mission Boards Meet... Uh, first meet for orientation, and it has this wonderful picture here. And I I know this person in the picture. It's it's none other than the co-host of Table Talk Radio, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. And Pastor, why don't you describe what you're doing in this picture? This is when the when the the two synod mission boards meet for the first time. And what important important activity do they do for this oh, first look, meeting? You know, so all right, now wait a minute, wait a minute. They're wait putting a together. A wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got. We were there this in this hotel. We worked for. It was like uh, you know, twelve-hour days of meetings. We're sitting there. We're we're praying. We're studying the scriptures. We're we're reading the uh, the resolutions that establish our boards. We're hearing reports on all these different things. Uh, we had uh, we had all these people come in from the synodical office to tell us all the things that's going on and the complications. We had this. We had long discussions about how to coordinate <sighs> the international and national mission work. Oh, uh, I mean, just part. all of this stuff. And then the, and what do they take a picture of? Putting together a puzzle. Oh, for <laughs> heaven's sakes. No, but not only are you guys putting together a puzzle, but there's one individual who's kind of the ringleader in this whole thing. And you can, uh, <laughs> There I, you the, are. The, the particular ringleader in this situation was thinking, let's get this thing done so we can get down to business. I mean, the real puzzle... The real puzzle in this whole thing w is is the is the resolutions from the synod convention. <laughs> to, this, to fit that together is going to take months. Oh man, <sighs> that's, I know. I, I can't believe it. And, and then you, you know, and then what? We were there for three days. Uh, and day one, I wore my collar because I'm a pastor, for heaven's sakes. Then day two, I said, oh, I, oh, maybe I'll put on a tie. Then day three, I'm back in my collar, no more tie. What day? So uh, what? You know. People didn't even recognize me from the church. What are you doing in, the, in a white shirt, Pastor? You're like a Mormon missionary. That's right. Okay. Well, 
Welcome to Table Talk Radio. Did it say, by the way, in the little uh, caption to the picture, uh, Reverend Brian Wolfmuller, co-host of Table Talk Radio? Let's see here. Uh, no, in fact, I forgot to mention that. It just says uh, Board for National Missions. Don't they know your primary vocation? I, right. I, 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 to everywhere I go, it doesn't matter if I'm in St. Louis or on the radio. It's always about being <laughs> bored. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's that. You're listening the, to Table the Talk big, Radio. The good thing about being on a board, by the way, is that, you know, boards get things done. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they're known for. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. For today's lineup of Table Talk Radio, after uh, reading some emails and doing buzzwords and the like, we're going to be looking at a few of the questions from the uh, Pew Forum survey uh, on religious knowledge, oh, yeah, religious right. IQ, and we're going to put Pastor Wolfman to the test to see how he does oh, no. on those I questions. Didn't, I didn't realize that was what was happening. Yeah. And then oh. we're going to play a Bible Bee, uh, uh, fourth year. Everyone is the- afraid to come on. We couldn't find a contestant, <laughs> so Evan's got to play against me now. That's right. <laughs> oh, if I have to play against you, I will. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> kind of below me, but okay. <laughs> Seeing as I have never, ever won Bible Bee, although that's the problem now. Whenever we get someone on, they say, oh, look, you're setting me up. And I said, no, no, I've never won. And they said, oh, that doesn't make it any better. I don't want to be the first one to lose to you. (laughs) All right. Let's do some buzzwords. What do you have for me? Uh, Image of God. The image of God. I don't know if we've used that one before. Wow, you didn't give me the Latin on that one. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Now, this is an important sort of thing because Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. You remember that after the fall, all all, all people, all humanity are born according to the image of Adam. So that that Adam will say it there in Genesis, I've begotten a son after my own image and my own likeness. So we all now bear the image not of god but of adam of sin uh, of of sinful adam but the image of god is is should be understood simply as our original righteousness that when we were created we had a perfect fear love and trust in god we we perfectly kept the f- the the first commandment it's not a matter of i mean it's not that god looks like us that's not what it's talking about it's talking about the holiness uh, that God gave to us when he originally created uh, us and which we lost in the fall. So when we fell into sin, we lost the image of God. That, of course, is then restored in Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Remember how Paul says that in Colossians? That's probably one of my buzzwords, or uh, one of my uh, Bible B verses. Yeah, I'm changing I'll get it, it for sure. Uh, so Jesus comes to restore the image of God to his to his believers. To his Okay, let, let me throw this monkey wrench in, into this then. Yeah. Um, why then uh, do we have in, in Genesis chapter 9, uh, when, when Noah and his family are getting off the ark, God says again uh, that for in, the image, for in the image of God he made man. Yeah, well, man is always made in the image of God. I mean, our, our creation was in the image of God. In fact, uh, it's an important thing. Here, let me grab my... Hold on one second. Well, well while, you're, while you're getting that, I mean, the image of God seems to always be connected in, in Genesis... Uh, 2 and Genesis 9 to be uh, connected with this um, dominion over the animals. What do you think about that? Well, here, I'll give you a, a third place where it's mentioned in Genesis. Um, let the, uh, uh, oh. oh, man. I'm, it's right when, uh, remember when Lamech comes along and he kills, he kills all these people? This is Genesis 4. 
Oh, I should have uh, got that for Bible, but you'd have been toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, I, I just find it where it says, and it says you should not kill, and it says because man was created in the in the image of God, so that the image of God is the reason why murder is then forbidden, because you can kill the animals to eat them, presumably. But you can't kill uh, people because we're created in the image of God. So that the the fact that we're created in the image of God has ongoing effect in the way we treat each other. So that when we talk about human dignity, we talk about a dignity according to to creation, a dignity, and then a dig dignity according to redemption. Uh, so that we have value because God is the one who created us and He did it right. Uh, we then wrecked it. So we 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 stand in loss of the image of God, and yet still. Uh, the Lord remembers, hey, I did create you, and you were, when you were fashioned, created in my image. So that the, even though the fact that we don't have that image anymore still matters uh, in the way we treat each other. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you're making the distinction between having been made in the image of God and then and having... still possessing the image Ah, uh, there you go. Okay. Good enough. Uh, my buzzword for you is another Latin phrase... And that is uh, fides infantum, or uh, the, the faith of an infant. Um, hey. And this this is the sticky issue that we have a hard time grasping when we talk about whether or not, uh, especially when we're talking about uh, infant baptism, right? You know, and, and we say, oh, how, how can infants uh, be baptized if they haven't even uh, haven't even done anything to, to be saved? And that is the point, dear listener. I've started I've started using your affectionate term for our listeners. Um, no, but but that's the point, right? So so if we're saved apart from our works, then there should be no works expected of the infant in order to receive the gift of faith. Aha. Uh -huh. So indeed, there it is. All right, we need to get into this email, and uh, we got an email from Jeff in the shadows of our Praise Song Cruncher Marathon. He said, "I really enjoyed listening to the Praise Song Cruncher Marathon. I agree Thank with you, Jeff." I agree with your assessment of the dangers of mysticism, lack of clarity, and lack of gospel that characterize much of today's praise songs. Is this, a, by the way, a good time to unveil our new project? No. Do you, okay. Okay. A few times, however, <laughs> I heard Pastor Wolfner deride the notion of seeking relationship with God. Surely you are not dismissing all emotional responses to God's presence. I am. I may be misunderstanding your approach to this, but I would be curious to hear how you would crunch some of the psalms. A good number of these psalms are, are laden with emotional longing for a closer walk with God. Some examples are Psalms 42, 69, 77. I think what's at the center here, he does uh, approach this presence language, but also he. I think what's at the heart, because we've got a second email from Jeff, is that uh, this relationship with God. How do we approach this language of relationship with God uh, with about 30 seconds? <laughs> oh, boy. We'll we, can, we can talk on the other side. Is a Psalm 42, Oh, my soul longs, yea, faints for the courts of the Lord, or, the, or as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. I mean, this is true, that we have this longing for the Lord and for his word. That's not to take out emotions. Uh, we'll talk about this more because there is a danger in relationships, but there's a there's a danger in uh, going too far the yeah, other we'll way. We'll be right back on Tim Talk Radio.
no online petition necessary. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. If you're looking for a getaway to be immersed in Lutheran theology, consider the Good Shepherd Institute at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Seeing with all the saints in glory the theology of the Christian's death in rite and song. During the Good Shepherd Institute, not only will you engage in great theological topics from speakers like Pastor William Swirla, Dr. Paul Grimm, Professor John Pless, and Dr. Arthur Just, but you will also be immersed in the richness of Lutheran heritage in song. You'll go to choral vespers, hymn festivals, piano recitals, featuring the seminary cantori, the Seminary Scola Cantorum, and also a children's choir from Hope Lutheran Church in St. Louis. Enjoy also a great social atmosphere with fellow Lutherans during the banquets and dinners. Sing with all the saints in glory, the theology of the Christian's death in rite and song. It all takes place on the campus of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, November the 7th through 9th, with an additional Advent preaching seminar on the 9th and 10th for pastors. To get more information about this year's Good Shepherd Institute, go to their website, goodshepherdinstitute.org, or call 260-452-2224. That's goodshepherdinstitute.org, or 260-452-2224. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, we're dealing with this email uh, we got in in, in uh, light of our Praise Song Cruncher Marathon. Uh, and and the, the topic at hand is, is can we talk about uh, having a relationship with God uh, or having a walk with Jesus, this kind of thing. Uh, Pastor, continue your thought there. Yeah, I think the important thing is all of us have a um, kind of a, a metaphor that captivates our imagination on what it is between me and Jesus. And this is uh, the, the, the metaphor or the, the, the structure, the image, the, the structure, the imagination of, that the praise song wants to create is one of, of, um, of intimacy. Now, insofar as that goes, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just it's, just, uh, it's not all. I mean, the mystic, I mean, there's a lot of um, things that are overlooked by the mystical assumption for intimacy. I mean, one is you have this extreme casualness. Uh, you have this, uh, this focus on emotions and feelings uh, so that people will, and, and, and this is especially seen when you, when you have people contrasting it. So, that, so people will say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Well, that's just, 
I mean, it would be harder to fight against this if someone said it's a religion and a relationship. I mean, then you'd say, well, uh, but would, but, but, you know what I mean? That's true. But it, but they're contrasted. See, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. So it's saying, look, the, the governing metaphor of our understanding of how it is with me and Jesus is one of a boyfriend and a girlfriend. It's one of courtship. And it's not one of, of sinner and and redeemer and savior. It's not one of 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 a, a person who's dying and another who's rescuing them. It's not one of someone who's sold into sin and someone who's ransoming and paying their price. It's not one of someone who deserves the wrath and anger of God and then there that wrath is atoned for by a death on the cross. It's not something of I'm unholy and the Lord comes and he and he declares me to be holy. So so all of these the governing metaphors of the scriptures that Jesus is Lord in other words, he purchases us and he wins us to have us as his own. That he is Savior, that we're sinner and lost and he comes and redeems us, etc. These things are contrasted with uh, uh, this kind of friendly uh, relationship model yeah, of and salvation. I, and I think that's uh, one of the dangers of, of using the uh, relationship language is because, well, if, if you're using it in the sense of, of uh, kind of the boyfriend girlfriend motif because because you get the idea that it's a it's a, a a two-way deal right that you know I give a little I get a little uh, and and uh, this relationship is is built upon my ability to to continue the relationship um, which is not the kind of relationship we have with God They're, the kind of relationship we have with God is one that's established in our baptism uh, and so in in our baptism God has uh, has um, well, see, this is the thing. God has a relationship with everybody, right? It's just a question of what kind of relationship is it. I mean, with all of his, with all of His creation, He has a relationship. Now, is that a relationship of wrath or a relationship of of grace and love? And in our baptism, He has established uh, that His relationship with us is one of of grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. And that is has nothing to do upon what we give to God in our relationship to Him. Yeah, that's right. And and that's when the Bible comes in and uses the language of unity. It's not that we're in relationship as if two, like you said, two kind of equal partners or something. No, we're in it's we're unified with God. Like like husband and wife. And then and so we do have the the picture constantly in the scripture, Old and New Testament that that the Lord is the husband and we are the the church is the bride. But notice that it's the church as the bride, not the individual as the bride. So that we as the church stand as the bride of Christ in this in this in this unity with God, He's He's united Himself to us and and made us one with Him, so that even we we're um, uh, uh, He Christ is the head and and we are His body. And you don't think say to to the head, hey, how's your relationship with the body? <laughs> well, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. I'm gonna. I mean, it's just, just kind of a goofy question. Just today, I'm gonna go around and ask people that just just to get their responses. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You come tell us how that how it goes. I will. How's your head in relation to your body? Some some guy will say, well, it's a, probably a little bit too big. <laughs> All right. Uh, I uh, hope Jeff that helps. Yeah, Jeff. Thanks clarify. for the email. And if uh, sorry for the for the delay uh, in responding to this, you know, we record this this uh, show once a week, and depending on when we get your email, there's a you know probably a two to three week delay on on responding to it. So we appreciate. Everyone's emails at Pastor Wolfner. What's the email address? Uh, tabletalkradio.org. <sighs> no, no, just just lie down before you hurt yourself. Questions <laughs> at tabletalkradio.org. Oh, clo- oh, that was close. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. 
All right, let's look at some of these questions. Uh, if you remember, I think it was last week we were talking about this, that uh, the, uh, what is it, the, the, the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life put out this survey on uh, religion knowledge. And uh, so it was actually pretty neat, and you can go, you can go look this up, just Google it. Um, and, and they they have a lot of information, and, and the cool thing is that they they get a lot of demographical um, information, including what religion the person would ascribe to, and so they're able to kind of compare which which uh, uh, religions or which uh, denominations did well or poorly on the religion knowledge. And it was the atheists who did the best, and then the the denominational churches that did uh, the um, the poorest. Uh, now it, it's interesting that I, I looked at I looked at the the information and only two LCMS members took this quiz. So I oh. I like to think that that both of the LCMS members got all these questions right. But I'm sure they did. <laughs> all I'm right, gonna, I'm gonna just print out these questions and the answers in the bulletins just in case anyone you know they start doing surveys. If, if anyone approaches I did, you, <laughs> I, I preached that one time. I said, look at you know the surveys say that everybody out there thinks they're saved by works. So when you leave the church and if you're inter- interviewed by someone, <laughs> you got to say, look, no, grace alone. Faith alone. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, when the results come back, Hope Lutheran Church is the only church that knows that, that, or everyone knows that they're saved by grace alone. Yeah. I hope so. Well, I don't know how many uh, if everyone listens to the sermon. That's the trouble. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's so the you're first. asking me these questions. <laughs> That's right. Did you go through and pick the really hard ones? Uh, no, I'm just gonna ask you online. All right. Okay. <laughs> Where, according to the Bible, was Jesus born? <laughs> Uh, really? People missed that one? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, as uh, uh, promised by the prophet. One percent of the people surveyed answered Jericho. <laughs> really? Seventy-one <laughs> uh, percent uh, got that right. Bethlehem oh, is good. the correct answer. Okay. Uh, when was the? This is this is interesting. When was the Mormon religion founded? So you have, I'll give you the options oh, here. Oh yeah. Okay. Bef- oh, there's a multiple choice. Yeah. Before the <clears throat> year 1200 A.D. Between 1200 and 800, sometime after 1800. Oh, well, so Joseph Smith, well, he was 1850s, right? So sometime after 1800. Right, you are correct, and only 44% of the people surveyed uh, knew the answer to that one. Hmm. Um, 40, 40% said they just flat out didn't know the answer. So oh. there you go. Oh, I, y- you, go. Y- you can answer that you don't know on these two, just... or. There's even an option to refuse answering if, if... Yeah. That's what I do whenever anyone asks me my race. <laughs> I say, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It the, me. Okay. The Book of Mormon tells the story of Jesus, Jesus Christ appearing to the people in what area of the world? Is it the Americas, the Middle East, Asia, or I don't know? That's the Americas. So it's Central America or something? They're supposed to have all these... Uh... Secret uh, uh, villages and stuff down there that they couldn't find. How come all these questions are about Mormonism, by the way? Uh, they're not. They go through. Okay. But okay. Uh, I don't even think it was Central America, is it? I thought it was uh, North America. I thought I, I thought the whole deal was that Jesus uh, appeared. Well, you could be right. Maybe maybe, maybe you're right. Um, I'll, I'll look, look. Don't worry. I'll look it up while you do. Oh, good. I get well, that's true because uh, doesn't the Book of Mormon say that the uh, the Native Americans are the remnant of Israel, right? 
Yeah, that's right. Well, that's an old that's an old thought too. I mean, Joseph Smith didn't make that up. Well, he didn't make any. I mean, he made everything up, but he it was none original. See, so there was all this stuff about the lost tribes being the uh, going to. In fact, there's this legend that the uh, that the remember the stone of Joseph on which the ladder descends. No, Jacob, uh, Jacob, the stone of where the ladder descends on Jacob's head while he's sleeping. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yep. At Bethel. Uh, they, they, the, 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 there's a throne up in Ireland somewhere that has a big rock in it, and they say that's the same stone. So there's this legend that the ten tribes, when they were dispersed, they went over to Scotland, England, and they kept going, and then they came to the Americas and all this sort of stuff. I mean, there's all these legends about the missing ten tribes. So he was, he wasn't making. I mean, that's kind of that kind of conspiracy stuff um, has been around for ages. Sure. Um, well, in in uh, there's a nice little book on my shelf which I haven't read. Uh, who really wrote the Book of Mormon and uh, talks about how Joseph Smith pulled a lot of this stuff in the Book of Mormon from from other sources. So yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I, I, uh, I, there's been DNA testing to disprove this that the that the Native Americans were not in fact uh, from Israel, um, but but rather probably from Asia who came over uh, uh, over the Bering Strait. So I don't know. It's tough being a Mormon. I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, one more question. Okay. Which of the following best describes Catholic teaching about the bread and wine used for communion? The bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Christ, or the bread and wine are symbols of the body and blood of Christ? Become. Transubstantiation. Uh, only 40% got that right. 52% said the latter. 8% didn't know. <laughs> You're and Catholics uh. scored the least on that one. All right. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. If you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. What was the name of the person whose writings and action inspired the Protestant Reformation? Is it <laughs> Thomas Aquinas, Martin Luther, or John Wesley? <laughs> I'll have to go with Luther on that one. Oh, well, you're only, How many people knew that one? You're only in agreement with 46% of people who answered oh, the question. You're kidding. <laughs> a bunch of nincon poops. I'm glad that you answered correctly, though, Pastor Wolf Miller, pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, But now it's time for Bible Bee. Bible Bee is where uh, we uh, give each other three verses, one verse, and one word. Wait, we did did settle the debate over the break about where the Nephites lived in the Book of Mormon. Uh, And and we found that there's controversy on this subject. Hmm. While most say South America or Central America, Central America or South America, some say that it had to do with the ancient mound-building cultures around, um, oh, where was this? Around, like, Collinsville, Illinois, and uh, and all these big old ancient mounds that these people would See, build. and that's the position I was taking. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
the Book of Mormon mi- might have migrated from the north into Central and South America, but they think that the original Nephites were the mound builders setting of the Book of Mormon, conciding best with LDS scripture, etc. At least that's according to Wikipedia. Yeah, and if you if Evan you doesn't trust go <laughs> that's true. If you go to Collinsville, Illinois, you'll find on the top of one of these mounds is a studio for issues, etc. <laughs> so <laughs> check that out if you're in Collinsville, suspicious. Illinois. <laughs> Very suspicious. <laughs> okay, Bible B. It's where we give each other Bible verses, and then there's also this uh, law gospel element to it. Not only do we have to identify which book of the Bible is this verse found in, uh, but we also have to identify whether this is law and or gospel. And Pastor, why don't you tell us how we identify whether it's law and or gospel? Well, the law is that which the Lord tells us to do. We say the scriptures are made of these two things, law and gospel. The law is what the Lord commands of us, and because we are sinners, the law therefore condemns us of our sin. Uh, the gospel, on the other hand, is what the Lord gives to us, namely the forgiveness of sins won through us by the atoning death of Jesus on the cross and a good relationship with him. <laughs> so no. that's the gospel. <laughs> okay, good yeah, enough. So that's law and gospel. So we want to ask a question. Hey, is this commanding or is this promising? Is this cursing or is this blessing? Is this uh, giving gifts or is this um, forcing works? That's the That's the question. And my goal for today's edition of Bible Beat on Table Talk Radio is to make it so Pastor Wolfmiller scores zero points in this whole game. Um, so I'm it's good to have goals, Evan. <laughs> well, are you ready? Let's get started Shoot on this endeavor. <laughs> you have, po- have you been using your Joel Osteen positive thinking methods to make sure this happens? No, have I'm you just, been visioning me missing the, the uh, missing all of the questions? I'm just reading from the Life Application Bible. I don't think it'll... You'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Okay, this is actually from uh, the beloved ESV translation. All right, I'm ready. I go for you. Gonna give it to me first. I'm gonna or? give it to you first. Here it is. Before them, peoples are in anguish. All faces grow pale. Like warriors, they charge. Like soldiers, they scale the wall. They march each on his way. They do not swerve from their paths. They do not jostle one another. Each marches in his path. They burst through the weapons, and they are not haltered. Uh, halted, sorry, halted. Okay, now I I just want one more time again, just the first line and a half. Will you just tell me when to stop? I'll read it again. All right. Before them, peoples are in anguish. All faces grow pale. Like warriors, they charge. Uh, but, all right, all right, that's good. Now the the key, uh, that's what I wanted to hear. It says like warriors. Uh, so it's not talking about warriors. It's talking about something else. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So it's talking. It's it's a comparison, and it's saying this whatever this thing is is marching, and the people are frightened for. Now I, I think that <clears throat> just just kind of hearing that description and hearing the words, I think this is talking about a locust plague, <laughs> like a swarm of grasshoppers, like the this apocalyptic sort of thing that you see in Revelation with the locusts and this sort of thing, or like we saw in the plague. To um, uh, in the ten plagues when the Lord sends grasshoppers to and locusts to destroy all the food and stuff, and the pro and there's a minor prophet that deals with this major locust plague that comes in the life of Israel. I mean, a couple of them, but the big one is Amos. So I'm gonna guess that this is from the prophet Amos. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. So so far oh, we're on our way to zero <laughs> points for Pastor Wolfmuller. Oh zero. man, what zero. was it? This is from uh, Joel. Oh, Joel oh, chapter oh, yeah, two. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm. That's right. I'm wrong. It's Joel that deals with this, not Amos. Oh, 
Of course, because then you have right after that you have the the sky turning dark and you have the Pentecost prophecy coming. Oh, okay, so man. it's okay, it's okay. Is this ah, law? <laughs> law and or gospel. Oh man, Joel and Amos. They both have four letters in their name, you know. <laughs> That's where we're something, right? <laughs> okay, so do this law gospel. Law. On this. this is right. law. This is a threat. I mean, this is. This is a threat of punishment that the Lord has given. I mean, for their idolatry. This is the whole point here that the that the idolatry will be punished by um uh by the Lord and He's going to send this plague uh, to destroy the people. So this this is squarely in the realm of law. Right. And um, I'm glad I took on this new endeavor of making it hard for you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> As opposed to all the other times when you just throw right. softballs. <laughs> yeah, those days are over. <laughs> You're going to run out of obscure scripture texts pretty soon. I know. Though. It's getting have tougher. have to give me something from, the, something from the New Testament or from you know Genesis or something. I know. Now, that was that was the round I was most worried about because... Oh, oh no. Because Man, you, I, you, I have to pick, you have to pick three verses, and that gives a lot of context to give away which book of the Bible it's in, so... Uh, I think I, I think I'm in the, I'm golden now. I'm golden. It is talking about the locust plague though, isn't it? Yes. Oh, man, I can't. Oh. I know. I was sweating bullets. Like, oh man, he nailed this, and he said Amos. I was like, yes. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay. All right, here's one for you. Ready? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Okay, this whole discussion of abiding in God or being um, of God or of the world is a major theme in First uh, John. So I'm going to say First John. You are right, Evan. First hey. John chapter two, verse fifteen to seventeen. Yeah. Now, uh, this this is both law and gospel because um, can you read it again? I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, do not love the world or the things of, in the world. Law. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Law. If all that's in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the pride and possessions, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Law. The world's passing away with its desires. Law. But the whoever does the will of God abides forever. Right. Okay. Good. So, so th- this is this is talking about our our uh, um our our heart. If we if we have faith, then we we do the will of God. That that that, that I mean, this is this is the new man, right? The new man delights to do the will of God. Um, but but he who is apart from faith. Um, can do nothing other than than please the world, can do nothing other than disobey God. So uh, so John is simply laying this forth. Hey, look, uh, this is this is easy easy, uh, easy to identify. Uh, either either we're doing the will of God or we're not. Now that's not then uh, denying that that uh, we 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 still sin in this flesh. That that uh, in the Christian life it's this battle between the the old flesh, the old the old Adam, and the the new creation. That's certainly true. Um, and in fact, at the beginning of that very epistle, uh, uh, John says uh, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and uh, and and to to cleanse us from from, from all unrighteousness. So so there we have it, uh, the the perfect 
perfect setup for uh, the Christian life right there. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, faith and love is always back and forth in here. And, and you're right. It says if we look, if we say we have no sin, we're, we've lied. It also says if we abide in sin, we also become liars. Uh, but then at the end of the epistle, uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So the, this is back and forth, um, uh, back and forth, faith and love. Here, here's at the end of First John. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So that the, this, um, it's, it's a clear understanding that uh, this is the gospel and the gift of the Lord. The, there's one verse in here that's beautiful. I just can't find it, uh, where it talks about how this is the will of God that we, that we believe in his Son, and love one another so that it has this faith and love summarized so perfectly it's really quite nice okay so do you get points for that or what yeah 100 points oh and then uh 100 points for getting it right and then 200 points for the law gospel part giving you a total of 300 hey wait a minute do i get points for the pew form it, questions <laughs> oh you're scrabbing for points now you didn't you weren't worried about those points until you lost at bible b <laughs> Well, I just, I just want to okay, be Okay, because here. they were so hard, I will give you two Table Talk Radio points uh, for the Pew Forum questions. Oh, brother. Uh, like that Bible verse was really tough. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, so I got six points. Yes. All right. Six points. Okay, good. Now, are you ready for your next round oh, of Bible? Oh, yeah. Reading? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Because this is just one verse. I'm ready. In fact, I think I hear the theme music coming up, and it is. So we will do that right after this break. You better go read the Bible during this during this break so you can get the next I can't one. I believe I missed that. <laughs> we want to hear from you. 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-SOLA. Uh, and tell us what you think about this edition of Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this break. Dust on the Bible. Table Talk Radio. Not even our listeners can cancel us. He said, I have seen the others, and I have discovered that this fight is not worth fighting. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Yeah, you, you dispatch know, the general. You know, when it's late. I love that song. When it's late and I'm running out of ideas for bumper music, I just throw in the general because I know you'll be pleased. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We're playing Bible Bee, and the score is 300 to 6. And uh, the person in the lead is yours. I can't believe I squandered Joel (laughs) by chance. Ah. I just, I've been kind of, since I'm not going up against my Bible B arch nemesis, Pastor Ketchermeyer. You're not on your A game? I, I don't think I am. I'm a little you, off. You really do have half your orthodoxy type in your back when you're playing I with do. me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lucky for you. All right, I'm ready for round two, which is apparently even more difficult. Okay, ver- this is one verse. You have one verse to identify which book of the Bible this is in, and your one verse is as follows. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. What? <laughs> this is this is not Bible B. This is Minor Prophet B. <laughs> the archers. Read that again. Oh sure. 
the the <laughs> the archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. Oh, I got no idea. Okay, now, so it's about someone being harassed. Now, shot at by archers. Um, it doesn't sound though to me like a narrative. It sounds more like a it sounds more like poetry for some reason. I mean, first I just can't. I can't think of the. Uh, I can't think of the the story, the the history where it would talk about about someone um, uh, someone being attacked like that. But it's also it's not a it's kind of it's not a psalm because that would seemingly say they shot at me and they attacked me. You know, it's this personal sort of thing. I, here I stand because of the word of God fighting against the enemies and stuff. It takes it out of the psalms. The archers. Give it one more time. I'm just sure. looking for a clue. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. I've got no idea. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, unless it's some sort of strange sort of kind of aside in like the Song of Solomon or something. It's. I think it's got to be in the prophets. Um. um but then, you know, what if, what if this, what if this is the story that Isaiah tells about? Mm, no, that doesn't. It doesn't make sense in there. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna, that, the only thing's coming to mind is Isaiah. I'm just gonna. T- this is just a guess in the dark. Isaiah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's not Isaiah. So what zero is it? points. This is Genesis. What? This is the uh, where Jacob blesses his sons, and you should really you, the person you should be angry with is the person who went up and did the, the verses because he really he really cut you a bad deal with this one verse because the previous verse is Joseph is a fruitful bow a fruitful bow by a spring his branches run over the wall the oh, archers man. bitterly attacked him shot at him and harassed him severely I wonder if I could have. Uh, that's a prophecy. Yeah, so it is. I mean, oh man, that's tough. That was a tough one. Now the other there, one I was going to give you was verse eighteen. That is, I wait for your salvation, O Lord. <laughs> that's from Genesis fifty, also uh, forty nine. Oh yeah, for, this is a this is a marvelous uh, kind of section there at the end of at the end of uh, of Genesis when um, Joseph is giving out. Uh, Sorry, uh, Israel is giving out blessings to all his children. Uh, and who was that? Did you did you give me Joseph's blessing? Uh, yeah, yeah. So so Joseph gets the big, except for the you know the the boy that gets the biggest blessing is Judah. Judah gets the promise that the seed would be you know the scepter would never depart from Judah. So so the, out of the the all twelve children, it's going to be Judah that the line of the Messiah is going to come from. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then Judah, not Joseph, but Joseph gets also blessing. But then he he's going to have trouble. He always is going to have trouble. Uh, Joseph's tribe is as well, and so that's the promise that uh, that his dad gives him there. So that's going to be law threat. I'm glad I wasn't Benjamin. What is a Benjamin? Benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning, devouring the prey, and at the evening, dividing the spoil. Yeah, the prophecy. I'd be like, thanks. <laughs> Jacob's son. Man, I that was a good text. 
Evan. All right. Work. She stumped me again. Did you law gospel that then? Yeah, I said law. Oh, okay. Law. I'm already ready for your round two. I was already treating you out. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I've heard this before. Um, (laughs) uh, Where where is this? Okay, this 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 is Psalm 51. Oh yeah, that's amazing (laughs) that you got that. I'm glad we're keeping with the with the the theme of Bible B that the opponent of of uh, of Pastor Wolfmuller gets gets verses from the Catechism, um, but okay, no this 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 is the psalm written by David, and uh, what we, oh, this is the the big psalm that comes after his 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 great sin, and and um, you know he he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba, uh, murdered uh, her husband Uriah, and then uh, you know by this great sin caused the death of his son, and so. Uh, here, just reading through uh, Psalm 51 in its entirety is quite the psalm. But here we uh, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Is that what, is that what, is that what the text you said? Yep, yep. That's um, right. uh, so th- this is gospel that that um, you know, in the in the midst of our sin, um, that 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 we can we confess the most grievous sins, the sixth and fifth commandments that that even David uh, dealt with, that we deal with on a daily basis in our hearts. We confess before God, and He is, and, and He cleanses us. He uh, He He grants us an, a new spirit, um, that being the, the spirit. Uh, I mean, certainly the Holy Spirit, uh, but but uh, of, of forgiveness uh, that that we are now not held uh, um, accountable for those sins, but those sins have been paid for by the blood of Christ. So, gospel. Yes, marvelous. That's right. Okay, so you have one more round. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is just fun. I have good news for you, though. The, the good, oh, good. All right. The good news is that the one-word clue I have for you appears in two verses of the Bible. Oh, so good. You have uh, uh, twice twice as uh, much chances of getting this. Okay, you ready? Your one-word clue is rafters. Rafters? <laughs> yes, rafters. You're kidding me. Oh, rafters. Oh, rafters. Don't rafters. think like whitewater rafters that, you know. Right, right. So they're like uh, in the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, trusses. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, it, and, you know, Moses actually part of the Red Sea. They didn't go rafting through the Red Sea. So don't, don't think that. <laughs> There's this one of the psalm that talks about how the birds dwell in the temple. So that's one place. But um, some, does someone fall from the rafters or keep in the rafters? I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if this, something crazy happens with the rafters, like with the prophets. So in like um, uh, Second Kings or something. I'm going to say Second Kings. <laughs> close, so close. Oh no! <laughs> first Kings, First Kings. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Verse seven says, and he made the hall of the throne where he was to pronounce judgment. Even the hall of judgment. It was finished with cedar from floor to rafters. Oh, and then the other, so the Solomon's temple. Yeah, right. uh, king. Uh, uh, and then in the Song of Solomon, you have the beams of our house are cedar, our rafters are pine. Oh man, that was close. I wasn't thinking <laughs> Solomon. I should. That makes sense though, because there's all of this uh, kind of construction detail. If I would have now, if I would have been thinking, I would have. 
but it wasn't in Chronicles, huh? Because they go into all this detail of all this architectural construction. In fact, I, I have this suspicion that the prophet that helped write down Chronicles was a bit of an architect himself. Hmm. But it's not there. It's in song and it, in the song and in um, First Kings. Yeah. Now that was a near miss. You almost got that one. So <laughs> it's like when I was a kid and I threw the dart and got a bullseye. <laughs> Just kind of dumb luck. You know, the two throws before hit the ceiling and the floor. <laughs> All right, I got a one-word clue. Oh, we want to do uh, law or gospel on that? Was that the temple or the judgment hall? Uh, which would you like? Oh, um, uh, I see. Sorry, sorry you, you don't get a pick. <laughs> um, let me look your ass. <laughs> I'm asking about this rafters, where they were. So. Um, the temple. Yeah, so this makes it gospel then, really, because everything in the temple is gospel. I mean, it's just unloading the, the holiness of God to us. Uh, it's uh, so it's all it's all there for for us and for our comfort and for our salvation for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Right. We have one minute left. All right. Here's your one word clue. Ready? Ready. Rib. Rib. <laughs> it's um, uh, it's not easy to find an easy one word clue, but I managed. <laughs> uh, I think I think this might appear in Genesis somewhere. Maybe dealing with uh, the creation of of woman, uh, of Eve for for Adam, and, and so that's right. So God that's removed right. the rib. Um, isn't there a funny joke like that that uh, you know Eve was counting Adam's ribs one day because he wasn't sure where. <laughs> All right. Uh, this this by the way, um, I don't know. Do you think marriage is law and gospel? Both. Yeah, we got to call it creation and above have, the category. You have to answer that one for me. <laughs> You have a thousand points, by the way. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like mysticism. It only They only are worth what you feel about them. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.